When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 132. Steve and Jimmy here along with you. Um, I guess about, what, five, six hours after Roma's 2-2 draw against Slarni Tana today at the Olympico. Jim, no Brandon tonight. He, he's doing the three things piece and he's got caught up with some, some real world work. So you and I are here to talk about that. And I guess the bigger news is Roma advances the Europa League final. We didn't get to record immediately after that match. We'll talk a little bit about it here to, tonight. But... Uh, Mourinho taking the side to two straight finals. We'll definitely have to talk about that. But how are you doing here on this Monday? And then we'll get into the match. I mean, look, I wasn't really expecting much from this match against Salernitana. I was hoping for a win, but I'm satisfied with the draw. Um, there are going to be some people, I guess, Mourinho included, who are pretty annoyed with uh, the stuff that was going going on outside of the match today. Uh, notably, Juventus's uh, 10-point deduction in the league. Uh I would agree with, we can, well, obviously we'll talk about that more, but like I would generally agree with his assessment that it's frustrating to have this first be a 15 point deduction, then a 10 point deduction, then who knows after that, just keeping it all up in the air. But at the same time, um, we knew going into this match that generally speaking, Roma was prioritizing the Europa League and all indicators have suggested that that was the right decision so far. Um, they're in the final, which is something to be proud of. And I will take Roma over Sevilla, especially if Paolo Dybala is healthy. Um, so overall, I would say, you know, this match wasn't necessarily the best match I've ever seen from Roma. Um, but when you look at who the starting 11 was, that's not exactly that surprising to me either. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll definitely get into to Leverkusen and the way that played out in the final in a bit. But let's let's start here since it was today. And and you're right, we'll get into the Juve stuff too in Mourinho's comments. But I'll start with his his assessment of the match. He was asked, you know, he was he pretty much the reporter said, you know, that Roma looked lackluster in the first half, didn't play with the usual intensity, which I think in some ways is a, you know expected because there was heavy turnover. You had mentioned it before we started talking about. You know, there's not going to be a lot of cohesion when you throw a lineup out like this. I mean, just for context, I'll read it out. I was, it, it was even more different than I expected in my probable formations. Rui was in goal. It was Ibanez, Smalling, and Bove is the back three. El Sharari is a left wing back. Zalewski is a right wing back with Tahirovic and Kamara as the center mids. Solbach and Winhaldem in support of Belotti. So I didn't expect Bove to be as a, you know, the third center back in a back three at all. I expected you know, him to be in a central mid position. And I, I thought Mancini would play again, even though he needed the rest because I didn't think they had many options. I, I didn't expect Small to start or El Shirari to start. So in that context, I think those are two keys to take away is that El Shirari and Smalling both played and they both played a lot and came out of it fine, 90 minutes a piece, which is, which is huge, I think. 
Um, and then Mourinho, when he was asked about the match, you know, he said that they, they told him the second half was much better. You end up drawing. We know it was 2 2 final. What do you take away from this? And he says, You're right. We did lack intensity and design in the first half. We weren't very focused. Maybe it was because of all the changes. Maybe it was my fault, but it's not an easy situation. I have a final to play and lots of very tired players. Some of the changes were basically forced, already agreed before the match. It's not an easy season at all. It was a difficult game today. Salernitana played like it was a Champions League final. And that's how it should be in football. It's not a criticism. They played a Champions League final and they did well. Pareto officiated well, as he always does. He always does his job well. It's not the result we wanted, but it's what it is. Now we have two league games and a final left. And obviously the final is more important, but we have the other two games to play as well. So you got to see the whole match. I only got to see the first half over lunch. The first half was pretty lackluster. Uh, great goal from Antonio Pendreva. Hats off to him. Perfect run um, and finish. So you can't take much away from the goal that Roma gave up. But going forward, they had absolutely nothing until that Ibanez uh, goal off the, the set piece. And then was called back by VAR for a handball on Belotti as the ball came down and fell to him. Um, that was all. That was Roma's only shot on target. And then it was erased by the VAR anyway. So they had no shots on target in the first half. So I agree that the, it wasn't there, the intensity. And I, I agree with a lot of what Mourinho has to say there. Yeah, I'm definitely on board with Mourinho has to say there. Um, it's true that there are just a lot of tired players in the squad right now. This is the downside of having a limited budget, but still fighting on multiple competitions. It's it's a trade that I'd make any day of the week. I'd much rather be Roma than Lazio, who are probably going to be in the same position as Roma. But they, you know, again, as I said last last time we talked, they don't give you trophies for making top four. Um, and given that this is just an unfortunate consequence of the fact that Roma is now in the Europa League final, that for these last several matches, players are going to be very tired. And the only way that that's really going to be resolved is ironically by winning the Europa League, by getting that Champions League money guaranteed, by making sure that, you know, when we get a new kit sponsor, that it's not digital bits and that it's maybe, I don't know, Toyota, and they can actually pay us more. Um, with the promise of being in Champions League. Like, it's I've always been mildly ironic to me that European football in particular is uber capitalistic in a way that American sports in general actually aren't. Um, the food chain of clubs and the idea that like better results results in more money that's not really a concept in American sports most of the time. You know, your your ownership group's value matters, but you don't win, you don't get like a billion extra dollars by winning the World Series or by winning the NBA Finals. Um, there's a lot more profit sharing going on in American sports, but obviously that's never going to come to European sports because it would hurt all those clubs that tried to go create the Super League. And as a result, Roma's going to be in this environment, in this situation where winning will beget winning. And the only way to actually consistently win is to start winning. And it, that, that sounds very cyclical, and that's because it is. Um, you're, you're only able to win if you've been winning historically. Um, Roman doesn't ha- Roma doesn't have the historical background of being a team that wins a Scudetto every year like Juventus. Um, and it doesn't have, it has rich owners, but it doesn't have super wealthy owners. So what matters is getting to the Champions League in and out, year in, year out. And I'm hopeful that Roma can get there for next season. They're six points south of Juve uh, right now. 
Um, no, not six points south of Juve. Sorry, six points south of south of Inter for fourth place. I don't think that they're going to get the fourth place in the league, but you know, um, I'll still take qualification for the Champions League through the Europa League this season, and then hopefully there can be more investment to come in the summer and beyond uh, that will allow Roma to establish itself as a perpetually top four side again, much like it was during the 2010s. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. The, the winning to get to winning and, and in part the champions league is part of that winning, right? The, the, the more you're in champions league, the more money you make very different, as you said, than the American revenue sharing model that all the, the big U S leagues have, right. Um, the only real profit for winning something is, is the players sometimes will get bonuses in their contracts and things like that for winning the world series or the NBA finals or something like that. So very different um, in that sense. Right. And, you know, we started to see kind of like the the jersey sponsors coming to the NBA and, and the NHL and the helmets and things like that a little bit at a time. And not full frontal, you know, things like we have and, and digital bits went <laughs> belly up or couldn't make their payments, right? Because Roma and Inter yep. both had them. And now Inter's just got a plain kit. Roma's got the SPQR, so that's a lot cooler. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's sport. beautiful, but we need the money. Like, yeah. Beauty doesn't get you a Paolo Dybala. Let's put no. it that way. Um, and Looks a yeah. lot better on the red kit than the white one I noticed on Thursday. The, the, the white kit was not looking whatever screen printing they used. Uh, it wasn't the best, I thought. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But, I mean, hey, this is a good moment. We can talk about this for about 45 seconds. Uh, the new Adidas kits, um, they haven't officially been released, but the rumor is they'll be released in June or July. And we're starting to get to the point with those kits where it's no longer just like a digital mock-up. We're seeing like actual video footage of the kits. I imagine that they'll also wait until they get a fully confirmed uh, kit sponsor uh, on board, which, you know, all rumors indicate is going to be Toyota because of the freaking group's connection to Toyota. Plus, they're already the training kit sponsor. Um but have you you've seen that video? What did you think of that home kit with the Lupetto on front, the the classic yellow, everything like that? I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I, I want to see them. You know, if they become official, I I, I do th- think they look pretty good. Um, I won't miss what I've seen from New Balance. I mean, I usually in the past have bought at least one kit every year, whether I got it full price or waited till the end of the season and got it on sale, um, just to get one because Nike did a lot of things I liked. I haven't bought a New Balance kit yet. Um, interesting huh. yeah and the only way i would probably get one at the end of the season if i get one really cheap just yeah just because i can maybe get someone i don't have yet or, or whatever but uh i'm I, i've been in no rush um my wife probably yeah. appreciates it because she hates when i you know go and drop a hundred dollars on on a, another jersey as she says but uh you know that, that's what we tend to do as as fans but um yeah i, yeah, I haven't, I haven't rushed into it i usually buy one a year and i've bought the new balance ones and i quite honestly i've liked them um, I will say that just in terms of, again, not to harp too much on the capitalism angle of this, but like I, everyone said that Roma's deal with New Balance wasn't that financially lucrative, that to a certain extent it was going to hinge on kit sales, which we know has been very successful for Roma because of the Paolo Dybala signing among others. But compared to what you can get from a Nike or, or an Adidas, the New Balance deal just isn't going to pay as much, which is why, you know, for example, Liverpool was with New Balance for quite a while, and then they switched to Nike because Nike offered them a lot more money. Um, so hopefully this Adidas kit, new kit deal will fill up R- Roma's coffers a little bit more. Uh, I'm optimistic it will. 
And personally, this one hasn't turned into an actual kit just yet, but I've seen the uh, like the digital leaks of um, the third kit. And that one is gorgeous. That If there was one that I was going to buy this year, it's probably going to be the, the third kit. Um, but I, I will say, you know, I've liked the New Balance ones. They've, they're, they're good material. Um, they're generally nice designs, in my opinion. But I can understand waiting until the Adidas ones roll out based off of how they're looking. Yeah, I, I mean Nike. I thought was just much more creative with the the designs every year. I think of the the I think the last Nike one I got was the Mancini one that I have my profile picture. And it's got the the stripe across the chest, like the cream yep. stripe, and and that was nice. I thought though the Pellegrini one I have with the Roman chainmail was was creative. You know, kind of harkening back on the history of Rome and the Roman legions, which is what you know teams from Rome always want to kind of compare themselves to, like the gladiators and stuff. And the ones with like the cityscape, like aerial view. I have the Toto one, like, and, and there was just a lot of good kits. I thought uh, the blue one was great. Um, you know, I got that one. I got a few others, and I, I just nothing from New Balance over the last two years has caught my attention. To be like, wow, I need that kit, and I, I'm hoping Adidas brings that back. Um, just as our our kind of aside there, since the kits came up, and and, and you know, not to go too far off topic, but um you mentioned the standings right and you said Roma's six behind Inter for for fourth well that's not the case anymore if this Juventus penalty now holds up um they're actually four behind Milan for fourth with Atalanta point behind them as uh, ahead of them as well uh, and Juve yeah Juve with the 10 point deduction is now a point behind Roma with their 4-1 thumping they took to Empoli today so thank you Empoli (laughs) yeah they 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 literally they thumped Juve today to watch the match but I'm sure the players were not mentally there, not to defend Juve or anything, but just from a player perspective, you have to think when they get 10 points taken away uh, so close to the end of the season, it probably has to have a psych- psychological impact and Empoli jumped all over him. But um, it, it does change the dynamic. Post-match, even though Roma did not know about the penalty beforehand, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity because if Roma takes two more in this match, they're two behind Milan, ahead of Atalanta. Milan's got Juve. Next week, maybe Juve comes out angry and wants to spoil Milan season kind of thing. Um, that's not going to really help Roma. It, it could help Roma to an extent, but Roma would need help two weeks in a row and they need to win out. But Mourinho was asked about that point penalty after the match, and he said he was asked, does it not feel like a missed opportunity given Juve's 10-point penalty? And he said, knowing about it, just two matches left to play is a joke. It's a joke for us and for everyone, including Juventus. First out of the Champions League spots, then in, now out again. If I'd known that before Monza, before Bologna, our approach to the league matches would have been different. But knowing that Juve had been given their points back and that our best chance was winning the Europa League, we went down that route. I'm sorry for Max Allegri and for his players. They're professionals like me, and they won those points on the pitch, and now they've lost them. But it does alter the league. And and I have to say, Jim, I agree with him there. I, I think today was too late to kind of change course because you're in the final now. And that Juve was like in court during Roma's match. You didn't know what was going to come out of it. Maybe they lose five points and it doesn't really help Roma. They end up losing 10. Um, but I agree with him. I think he's genuine in his in his statement that he says if he knew before Monza or even Bologna, that would have changed those matches a little bit. And two points in the Monza match, two points in the Bologna match, and there we are level with, with Milan. Or maybe today they really go for it a little bit more with a couple more key guys because then oh we could get top four locked in and still play the final right but yeah. um i have to agree with the sentiments i think doing it back and forth back and forth and now with two matches left is unfair to pretty much everybody in the league in- including juve's players i have to say i mean would it be the italian legal system as we know it if it was fair to anybody um 
sorry, I'm feeling a little cynical, cynical today. But uh, in reality, my understanding is that the FIGC points deduction is only the tip of the sword for Juventus. Uh, first of all, UEFA has apparently decided that they're just going to make Juventus's life hell over some of this, probably related to some of the Super League concerns as well. Uh, my understanding is I've heard reports that regardless of what the FIGC does here, UEFA is probably not going to let Juventus into Europe um, for this season. So we also know that there are uh, further investigations going on reg regarding actual criminal liability for Juventus, not just points being docked. Uh, that could have problems for them as well. Uh, so as much as, yes, I would have liked this to be resolved sooner, I really don't know how much it's going to impact Juventus in terms of like European qualification, for example. I really doubt that they would be getting to play in the Champions League or the Europa League, even if they had gotten no points deduction here. Um, as for Roma, I'll be honest and say that even given the point, if we had known the points deduction was going to happen, I still would have wanted Mourinho to prioritize the Europa League. Uh, I think that could he have rotated a bit less for some of these matches? Sure. But at the same time, we've seen, this is a better Roma than prior Romas about this, but we've also seen this, we've seen Romas play down to their opponent. So I'm not entirely sure that like, oh, if we had just played our strongest starting 11 in all these Serie A matches, we would have been like guaranteed to win them, for example. Yeah. Um, and given that, I don't know. I'm just of a mind that what's done is done and Roma should mainly prioritize caring about what they can control, which is that match on the 31st and their remaining Serie A matches. If they're able to win the Europa League, then there is, you know, there's really no, it's smooth sailing. And that has to be the main priority. Uh, yeah, comparatively speaking, Juventus's point deduction matters very little to me compared to Roma's ability to beat Sevilla in the Europa League final in Budapest. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, Monza was no pushover. You know, Roma scored first and, and they gave that lead up in that match. Bologna's been tough all season. Salernitana, I, I think during the broadcast, I heard the uh, the announcer say, I think it was Patrick Hendrick was calling the world feed, and he said that Salernitana's taken at least one point off of every, every team they've played this season. I don't know who they played the last two match days if they haven't taken a point off either of those teams, but that means they've taken points off everybody in Serie A pretty much. And that's impressive for a side of their, their stature, uh, knowing how many, you know, pretty decent sides there are in Serie A and much bigger sides than themselves. So they, they're no pushover. So there's no, there's no guarantee Rum would have gotten all six points out of these matches. Um, additionally, in, to make it a nine total and to three draws, um, you know, it's just, it, you can always play the what if game. And I think you're right. I think the focus still has to be on the Europa League final. And I, I think, Mourinho had to make that choice when he did. And I think he made the right choice when he did. And it's easy to say that now because Roma's in the final. Um, but it, it, it's a, at, at the time, one match against Leverkusen and then a, a final, you know, is an easier route to make up than the points, especially if Juve did not get the deduction they got saying, maybe it was, if it was half of that or something, or, you know, and who knows if, if there'll be a reversal again, another, I don't know if this is a final verdict. You never know with the way these things go down. Um, I was kind of kind of snickering inside thinking, wow, if Juve finishes seventh, they'll be toiling in the conference league, not to downplay the conference league because we won that competition last year. But it's kind of like clubs like Juve and, you know, if Spurs end up there for a second time, they kind of like look at it like it's kind of below them where yeah. Roma kind of embraced it. And I, I just find that a little um, 
a little entertaining on the inside just because Juve thinks they're, you know, maybe they maybe they finally win a European trophy, right? Um, yeah. And maybe that, that would prove to be more their level. But um, it's certainly Mourinho was asked a follow-up question. If it compromised like he said it did, he didn't want to talk about it anymore after that. And, and I, I have to agree that it does make things very complicated for the teams around Juve that are competing with Juve for Champions League spots and, and other European places and whatever else it is. So, um, but this is Serie A. We've seen plenty of craziness through the years, right? You look down the lower league tables. Sometimes I go to check where like some of these sides are. Like I'm, I'm fond of Siena because I studied abroad there. I went and checked. I was like, oh, they're in like the Serie C playoff to move up to Serie B next season. And then their match was canceled because they're in financial trouble again. And you see other teams in the table like, oh, minus two for this team or minus five for that. And you're like, this is just, I don't know. I don't think you see it in other leagues in their table so consistently, especially in England with like League One and stuff. So um, interesting nonetheless. But Jim, I think this is a good place to take a quick commercial break. And then we can talk a little bit about what happened last Thursday. All right. So, you know, we covered today's match kind of what we expected, you know, because last week Roma got the job done in Germany. Not the prettiest match, but Roma did not need to win. All they needed was a draw. They, they came away with that one nothing win that we discussed last week with the Bove goal. And guess what? Mourinho knows how to get things done in Europe. He, he, he just has the blueprint, right? I mean, what else can we say about it? Um, we can say that anybody who's cl- complaining about anti-football is probably losing the match. Um, I'm sorry. Like, I, this is the first thing that came to mind when we switched over to talking about Bayer Leverkusen. There was just a barrage of interviews from players, managers, yeah. general managers. Like, like, so many of them just being like, Roma didn't play real football. They, It's a disgrace to the sport. And it's like, well, you know what's really a disgrace to the sport? That over 180 minutes, you could not score a single goal. And it, Roma has a good defense, don't get me wrong. So, like, credit does go to Roma's defense for making it such that Bayer did not score a single goal. But you cannot go around saying that you're playing the beautiful game and that the team that beat you is not. If they're the, if the team that beat you scored one more goal than you did. And I'm just really tired of it. I, I, I mean, like, it's kind of funny. I feel like we're racking up all of these weird new rivals over the course of the past couple of years, like it's Bodo, it's Bayer Leverkusen, like it's just team if I ignored, it's teams that I have like very little. Okay, this is gonna sound mean, but it's true. Roma is just quite frankly a bigger club than any of them. And Roma is, you know, number 10 in the FIFA rankings right now for European clubs. There's a reason for that. And the reason isn't just Jose Mourinho, the, the reason is also that over the course of the past six years, Roma's been in four European semifinals. And we haven't always been playing anti-football in those situations either. I mean, look, Manchester United ripped us a new one in, in one of them. Um, so here's what I would say. The Lorenzo Pellegrini era, which I think is the best way to kind of describe the kind of tail end of the Jaco era and the beginning of the Mourinho Dybala era, because he was the captain for the majority of that time. Um, that era has been defined by winning European competitions. It's been defined by going deep into European competitions um, in a way that Roma didn't really go deep um, during the Totti era, Dorossi era. That's something to be celebrated, and anybody 
whether it's from a rival club or who is actually a fan of Roma, who says, I'd rather lose in a beautiful way than win in an ugly way, does not have the right mentality to actually shift this club's fortunes. Uh, you, you need to be prepared to win in any way, shape, or form because sometimes you don't, you don't get a trophy for losing in a pretty way. Yeah. Anybody who says they would rather play beautiful football and lose than play ugly football and win is lying to themselves and lying to everybody yep. around them. Because I will take the trophy any day of the week if Roma can, can capture another trophy. I will take it yep. any day of the week. Even just reaching the final, I'll take that any day of the week over losing in the semis to Bayer Leverkusen because we tried to play a, a way that doesn't fit our players because we want it to look aesthetically pleasing. We've done that at Roma, right? Fonseca was part, Fonseca was an example. He got to the fi- semifinal with most of the time trying to play pretty progressive offensive football. And look what happened to Roma, right? Yeah. EDF Here's the dirty little secret. A, yeah. Here's the dirty little secret about playing beautiful football. When you have a manager that's playing beautiful football, when the wheels fall off, it becomes ugly football anyway. Like yeah. Rudy Garcia played great football. I really enjoyed watching this team in the Rudy Garcia era towards the beginning of that. And then it turned out that the form started dipping and it was ugly football. And say what you will about Jose Mourinho so far, but we've had a longer span of positive results on the pitch than I think we've had with any other manager in recent memory. Um, Have we had back-to-back seasons with a manager where we have gotten to cup finals in recent memory? Have we had back-to-back seasons where we were still qualifying for Okay, maybe not. We have had back-to-back seasons where we've qualified for Champions League, so that's not the right that's not the right way to think about this. But like, have we? Serie A is more competitive than it has been, arguably since its peak in the '90s and early 2000s. That's something to be celebrated. And the fact that Roma has both been able to put up a good fight in Serie A and go deep in Europa League with how like shallow our depth is right now. That's something to be celebrated. And basically anybody who says that we need to be playing more beautiful football, I'd rather we learn how to win first and then we can add the beautiful football on top than trying it the other way around. Because when we try it the other way around, it never works. Yeah, I was going to say EDF was thought of as more modern manager than than like a Mourinho type, right? And Roma got handled at Barcelona, somehow pulled off that miracle, which we all will remember till the day we, we, you know, we're on six feet under. Right. But the next, the next round, the Roma went to the semifinals in Liverpool and tried to play a way that was not very smart. Where if a manager like Mourinho was in charge, Roma probably hangs around at Anfield. Maybe they lose, but I don't think they're giving up. What was it? Five, two or six, two. I think it was six, two, the first leg. And then they won five to the second leg. Like, yeah, everybody can point at that Trent Alexander-Arnold no call on the handball that VAR probably would give now and, and yada, 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 but gave up six goals at Anfield, right? Trying to play a, a, a style that Liverpool just ate up. Where Mourinho, in these two years, I know it's not the Champions League, I know it's not, not prime Liverpool, prime Barcelona, and and even United in the Europa League a couple of years ago, but, you know, this Leverkusen side's pretty decent. They beat, they fell out of the Champions League. They beat a... a Feyenoord side that's going to win the Eredivisie this year. They beat uh, a Salzburg side that was a Champions League side that um, made the knockout rounds of the Champions League a, a year ago. So they did it against pretty good sides. And Mourinho's pragmatism has paid off. I, and, and I will take that any day of the week because Roma has not won a trophy before last year. I think it was 
I, I always forget exactly what year, but 09 or 2010 Copa Italia. And I was dying for a trophy for so long. And now Mourinho's done it. Is it beautiful the way they do it? Do they take some flack from neutrals and especially the way there's some of their Serie A results have gone because they don't score enough goals? Sure. But you said it uh, earlier in the show. We said it last week. I've said it on my other podcast, Kicks and Picks. And, and even my, my buddy Nick, who's on the show with me, he's a Lazio fan. He said in the group text today, I would take sixth place and a trophy any day over second place and no trophy. And he's a Lazio fan and they're sitting in second place right now. So that they, he would, he would give up that second place spot in automatic champions league to have a shot at a trophy. And, and anybody who says otherwise, I think is fooling themselves. Now Roma obviously has to win that trophy to get the champions league, which is important, but I will take that ugly football any day. And I will laugh at some of the comments from these Leverkusen players, like the one from Karim uh, Demi Rabi, or, uh, he said, listen to this, Jim, a pity that a style of play like this can be rewarded in a semifinal of such a high level. The result tastes bitter, very bitter. It's also bad for football in general, but we have to congratulate our opponent. Roma achieved their goal in a disgusting fashion. And then you have uh, uh, Amiri, Nadia Amiri from Leverkusen. They don't play football. Uh, we don't deserve to be eliminated by a team that has nothing to do with football. I wonder how it's even possible, given how they play today and last week. This isn't football. Roma don't play football. To think that a team like Roma's in the final is crazy, he added. Like, can you imagine? You didn't score a goal in 180 minutes. Roma didn't just muck it up at the end. They played defensively sound football, and you could not score on them. No, Roma didn't do much going forward, but they got the one goal they needed, and you couldn't score. This is This reminds me sometimes of, Whenever I watch the Premier League, which is actually relatively frequently these days because I've been expanding my football diet, I'm always struck by, comparatively speaking, the lack of seeming tactics that are on display on the, over the course of 90 minutes. When you play against, it, it, it's like the Italian small clubs are the only ones that have figured out that if you have a solid defensive backbone that you can actually probably usually get the one point from a bigger side. I swear, whenever I watch like a Man City play like a 19th or 20th side uh, seated side in the Premier League, it becomes a laugher because they don't actually play defense. And credit to Jose Mourinho, I would say that he has really emphasized the importance of defense to these guys and not just the defenders. Um, the midfield and the attackers have shown a commitment to defense that we haven't normally seen from a Roma side. And yeah, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I want this team to win. I love Roma as a club for romantic reasons, but I want this team to win. And I think that even just look at it from, if, if your main goal is for Roma to play beautiful football, I can respect that. But for Roma to be able to play beautiful football and find players who play beautiful football and keep them at the club, Roma needs to make money. And to make money, Roma needs to get to the Champions League. And to get mm -hmm. to the Champions League, we need to do whatever it takes. And if whatever it takes is winning by 1-0 when we play Sevilla, yeah, I'll do that. Um, no question in my mind. Oh, yeah, no question. No question. And, and if Roma fails on the 31st, it, it's going to hurt. It's going to really suck not being in the Champions League because most likely at this point we're back in the Europa League unless – um, Fiorentina beats Inter in the Copa Finals. That's a possibility. We could even fall back to the Champions League if we don't pass Atalanta. So that's that's something I'd like to avoid um, if possible. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we would probably know that final result before we know 
our final place at the table because it's so tight. Um, but you, you got to go for trophies. I, it, it, and then all the, the, the bitching and moaning from the Leverkusen players and directors and everything else. Look, I'd probably be bitter too if Roma lost to a team that frustrated the hell out of us and we couldn't score on and then they're doing a little bit of time wasting. But anybody would have done that. Yep. You can't tell me there's any side in Europe that is holding a one-goal lead with exhausted players in the second leg on the road that's not going to waste a little bit of time with and that's the other thing and everything else. That's the other thing. I feel like all of the commentary around Roma playing like gritty defensive football and saying like, oh, where's the game gone? Completely ignores the fact that Roma has been going through a massive injury crisis yeah. over the past couple months. Like it's not, it's not, a, it's not a contest. Um, there's no way for Roma to play beautiful football right now if players aren't available. Like Paolo Dybala is by far the most beautiful player that we have in the game right now. And he's not able to play all the time in part because he's injured. And so, yeah, I, I don't, what, what's the alternative? Roma's just going to like sit down and die. Like I, I, I can't accept that. Yeah, no, no. I, and, and that's part of it too. I mean, uh, you have to get by with a very thin roster at that point against a, a solid German side, you have to do what you have to do to get through. And Roma did it. And even if they did waste some time, I think there was like seven minutes of stoppage time at the end of that match that we had to sit through. Right. And, and sweat out. It wasn't like yeah. they were like, all right, like three minutes. Cause nobody scored goals or anything. They made Roma work for it at the end too. The, the, the refs gave a lot of time back. Yeah. No, it, it's just a ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, Bayer would have done the exact same thing. hundred percent. Um, and I am mildly disappointed just because I do think that overall, I, I can't tell what's going on, what people are saying on the actual pitch all the time. But when it comes to Jose Mourinho's comments about Bayer and their manager, he was very complimentary. He was respectful. And he said, like, they play good football, which they do. They got to the European, Europa League semifinals. And for all of that to, like, just disappear and you to say, like, oh, we should have won if everyone played good football. Well, I mean, okay, like, call me when you get back to the Europa League semifinal. Call me when you're willing to actually be serious. Yeah, there's no, no doubt about it. I, I, I think it's plain and simple. Now, we have to look ahead to the final, of course. Now, that's 10 days out, and Mourinho was asked about some of the players, um, mainly Paulo Dybala in his post-match comments today, and he was asked, how is Paulo Dybala? And Mourinho said, not good. What about in 10 days' time? I don't know. Are you optimistic? No. Um, and then he was asked, how are the other players who played today? He said Smolin played 90. El Shirari played 90. Ginny didn't, but he played a lot. I don't know if Matty Kamara is injured or just tired. Selleck is okay and has recovered. We'll see about Spinazzola. Um, I mean, is he just playing coy with, with Dybal? I mean, he was available on Thursday from Anitim. He didn't have to play, luckily. And I think it's probably a good thing he didn't have to play because that means we never conceded a goal. But, I mean... There's no way if Dybala can run, he's not going to play this match, right? It's not like a muscle injury. I know it's an ankle. Ankles can be painful. I, I've sprained ankles, and when they get they get hit and they're not fully healed, they hurt real bad. Um, but it, I, I don't see him not playing, right? No, he's definitely going to play. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no world unless he literally cannot move on the pitch. He's going to play. Uh, that's that's just my I I could be proven wrong, but like I'm 99% positive that he's going to play. Yeah, I, I I'd be shocked. Um, 
To me, though, having El Shirari back is huge. And, and I know there's a match against Fiorentina on the weekend before this, coming up on, on Saturday. I believe it's a Saturday match because we have the Wednesday final. Um, but I think having small 90 minutes fit, having El Shirari 90 minutes fit are huge. Because yeah. ev- even if Dybala maybe has 30, 40 minutes in his legs, then you could start an El Shirari in his place if you want to, instead of playing the two strikers like he's kind of been forced to do in these Thursday matches. And Dybala can be your impact guy off the bench. And I, I, El Shari can do so many different things for his team. Or if Spinazzolo's not ready, right? El Shari yeah. can play that left wing back place. We've seen him do that um, a little less defensively, obviously, than Spinazzolo, not a natural defender, but he can push forward and he will work his tail off on that left side. It gives you another option, more of a veteran presence in the Zalewski if you want to stay away from that in a final with Selleck back. So I think having those two guys back is huge. Having Winhalden back is huge. Um, and then really the majority of the side, as long as Dybala is fit, I think the majority of the side is there for you. Even Lorente got off the bench today, right? So you have that emergency fourth center back available too. And I, th- I think Roma, you know, Spinazzola is the big question mark besides Dybala. But for the most part, they're, they're starting to get the guys back that they need with 10 days left to, to go to the final. Yeah, no, I... I don't want to be overly optimistic because I know that uh, Brandon would be disappointed in me, but <laughs> I think that Roma does have a very good shot to win the Europa League final. I think that in some ways this was the goal that we thought was realistic for the club this season. Like I, I don't think anyone thought we were going to contend for the Scudetto. Uh, granted, I don't know if anyone thought Napoli would either, but that's a different conversation and again congrats to them uh but if Roma's able to pull off winning the Europa League this year it really does set them up for long-term success and there's a lot of pressure on that match but at the same time Jose is undefeated in cup finals I think that Roma has shown a mentality that is positive and strong in cup finals recently and I think that they will be able to win this yeah, and uh, we're going to take one quick commercial break before we wrap the show, and we'll be right back. All right. So, Jim, just a couple minutes to wrap up. We had to fit in our, our commercial break there real quick. So not much time, I think, not much more left to talk about here. But um, it, according to the, the sports books, at least, I'm just looking at that to, to get context for this final as, as we you know head into it in about 10 days' time. We'll see if this shifts at all, depending on player availability and stuff. Right now, Sevilla slight favorites. They do have a really good history in Europa League finals. I think there was at one point they won three in a row, right? And then it's Mourinho, who's four for four in European finals, I believe I heard on the telecast today. So I think that'll be a pretty cool dynamic. Of course, Monchi is on the other side of the aisle as well. He'll be in the stands for Sevilla. So those will be definitely some things to look forward to, I think, in this final. Yeah, um, I think that. There are a lot of cool elements to this final. The, I, I don't have the same animosity towards Monchi as I think a lot of Romanisti do. Am I annoyed with how his time in Roma played out? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's re- like, I feel like we underestimate how hard of a job being a director of sport is. Uh, there's just so many things. Like you can, you can think that you're signing the best players possible and you might actually be signing the best players possible. But it's such a holistic enterprise um and also let's be honest be doing that role for Sevilla is a very different matter than doing it for Roma so again I don't have too much animosity towards Monchi but it would be very very cool to beat Sevilla and win the Europa League because as much as ECL was an accomplishment 
let's be honest, it was the first year that that thing existed. It probably It's not the same thing as winning the Europa League, which has existed for quite some time. Yeah, for sure. And and you're right. I mean, the animosity toward Mochi has faded for me a bit. Um, but you, when you think about his tenure, man, you think about some of the players he sold and and the way it went and some of the player recruitment, you know, like it really set Roma back. We talk about how they haven't really qualified for Champions League in a while. And, and that's a big reason why um, his player recruitment was not good. Uh, it's taken Roma some time to recover. So I, I think there will be some, you know, vindication there of moving on from him and, and whatnot, if they can beat his Sevilla side. And it would be a cool storyline for Mourinho to, to win another one. And of course for us as Roma supporters, like there's nothing better, right. Than than lifting two trophies, two years in a row. Like, is there any time in you, like your time as a, a Romanista that you can recall, like, believing that this team could win two trophies two years in a row. And I'm not talking about like Coppa Italia. I'm talking about like Scudetto or European silverware. I I don't think I'd ever imagine it. No, definitely not. And again, that's another reason why I am generally really happy with where Roma is right now. Like we have not been in this situation before. Yeah. Not, not not at all. It's fantastic. Could never have imagined it. Never. I mean, at the beginning, we were winning Copas when I was, you know, following this club. And now we're pushing for, and obviously Europa League is not Champions League. I mean, we we tasted like a little bit of what it could have been like in the Champions League until we got absolutely throttled by Liverpool in that semifinal first leg. Um, but this, this would be something. And and you're right. The, the Conference League kind of gets scoffed at by people of other clubs. I mean, but I think what Mourinho is doing this year is impressive and, and people can point to the league form and say, Oh, you know, Roma, you know, they haven't been great in the league or whatever. But when you look at Serie A, it is competitive and it's not just because everybody's inconsistent. I think it's inconsistency. A lot of teams because the league is so competitive because when you look across Europe, you have Roma in the Europa league final. Of course you have Inter in the champions league final and you have Fiorentina in the conference league final. There's a chance. Obviously it's going to be very hard for Inter to win. Roma's going to have a tough match. And Fiorentina's got a tough one against West Ham, uh, another English side. But there's an outside chance, and not even outside chance, I should say, because now we're in the finals. There's a chance Serie A could sweep the European trophies this year. I mean, it, it would be a little surprising considering City's in the, in the final against Inter. But it, it's entirely possible. And I think that speaks to what the league is like and why it's been so tough for Roma to, to get into the top four while also trying to play Europa League so deep. Yeah, I mean, I would say that we are definitely at a moment where parity-wise, the league is at a level that I haven't seen since, definitely since I started writing for Chiesa di Totti. Um, because for the vast majority of the time that I was writing for CDT, it was basically a two-club show. Like, we were the, we were the Dortmunds to Juventus's um, Bayern, basically, mm-hmm. for most of the 2010s. And as much as I would love it, for Roma to just be a guaranteed lock for second place each year, because that would mean a lot of good things. Uh, Having a league that's competitive is really important when it comes to things down the line, like TV deals. Um, If we really want to talk about why the premier league is able to snap up all the amazing players uh, beyond the fact that like Manchester city is owned by a Petro state. Um, so much of it comes down to the fantastic TV deals that they have. And for, Ro- for Roma and for Serie A to be competitive, they have to show that they're worthy of a similar deal. And if Roma and Serie A are able to win European competitions, if they're able to have kind of go back to that era of the six sisters when there were six clubs that were consistently fighting 
for the top two to three spots in the league. Like if Roma's able to get there, if Serie A's able to get there, it's going to only mean good things for Italian football and for Roma specifically. Yeah, hundred percent. There, there's a whole book. I actually read a book recently about that. It's called The Club, and it's all about how the first big Premier League TV deal went down and, and how the league has grown since then. It's a really interesting read. And I know the Premier League has some advantages culturally, being more similar to the U.S. and they've marketed themselves a lot better in Asia and other places um, to to grow and get those TV deals. But it makes all the difference, right? I think the 20th place team in the Premier League got more money than the first place team in, in Serie A last year. And, and that yeah. goes for most seasons in recent years. So it just shows why Chelsea, with obviously a, a rich owner, can go and spend tons of money and they're going to finish 10th or 11th place probably in the Premier League this year. And Roma, who's competing for a top four place, can't do that in Serie A or you know, other teams. And it, it took Napoli a great recruiting um, with players like Carvacellia and Osiman, guys that were kind of like afterthoughts by other clubs, and they, they put together a nice team and credit to them to win the Scudetto. But teams can't spend huge in Serie A. Even when Juve was doing really well, like they spent more than everybody in Serie A, but I'm sure compared to other clubs in Europe most years, they're probably maybe, you know, maybe in the top 10 or so. You know, maybe when they brought in Ronaldo, they're they're pushing higher. But um, Serie A teams can't spend like that. And I guess we'll just end on this, Jim. I mean, we have 10 days to the final. If if the Serie A clubs can can pull it out, and especially I think Inter would be the big one because they're playing the you know the super rich Man City club that they're trying to get that final feather in their cap. If like Inter can pull some kind of upset in the in the final, maybe it has to go to penalty kicks or something for that to happen. They have to play a perfect defensive match. And Roma can get the job done if Fiorentini can get the job done. Is will people believe Sadia is officially back, or will it take like another year of pretty solid success in Europe? You think for people to start to believe in the league again? And I think I'm not it'll talking take about maybe like, year. yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, not even just Sadia fans. I think in general, I think it will take some more. Like people say, oh, that, that's a one off or whatever, right? Um, I mean, like, let, let me put it this way there was a quote from uh, Paolo Maldini uh, that came out today about the San Siro where he basically said, I love the San Siro. It was a huge part of my experience with Milan, but if Italy wants to be able to move forward and be viewed as a premier location for soccer, again, new stadiums have to be built. Um, You can't pay for good players with memories. You have to pay for it with, you know, actual money. And that to me is the real final step. Uh, once we get to the point where the major clubs in Italy actually own their stadiums, that is when I'll feel confident in saying that Serie A is back. Roma's on the right path. Juventus yeah. is already there. Sassuolo's already there. But if the Milan clubs are able to get their own stadium, if Roma is, uh, that will probably be the point, along with an improved TV deal, where Italian clubs can really stop fighting with the, uh, the boredness of the world for their transfers and once again be kind of up there with Manchester United, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, those types of clubs. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the stadiums and the, and the revenue will, will be much needed in order to compete on a year-to-year basis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think not taking away from what Inter did, you know, their path to the final, they got to go through a Milan side that we saw, they've, we've seen in the league. They've been a little inconsistent. They were on the easier side of the bracket, um, you know, Roma, not you know, can't really take away thing, anything from Roma in the Europa League path because they had a, a fairly difficult path in Fiorentina, the Conference League, similar to what Roma did last year. But I, I agree. I think it's going to have to be done more than once and maybe not just 
maybe you don't have to win it next year if, if Inter pulls off that feat this year. But you got to have teams at least consistently in the semifinals, I think, of the Champions League. And that hasn't been done, right? I think before Inter this year, I think the last team was Roma, what, five years ago? Yep. In a semifinal. So you have to do it more consistently. I agree. But this is, I think, good signs for the league. And one thing, Jim, before we close, I, I forgot to mention, uh, you sent in the group text today from Fabrizio Romano, Sassuolo Carnavali. I can re- reveal that the best opportunity for Davide Fratesi is now coming from a Premier League club. I suggest Davide to learn English as soon as possible. So I'm sure that's some posturing, but it, that'll be something to keep an eye on. We've seen him linked to Roma many times, the former Primavera player. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes this summer. Yeah, I still wouldn't be shocked if he ends up in Rome, let's be honest. I mean, that, that there's so much smoke there. I think both Carnavale and Pinto have admitted at various points that like, yeah, we've talked about that a lot and so for all i all we know it's just more posturing trying to get roma to raise their bid um for all we know it's more posturing trying to get juventus to raise their bid yeah um but again uh so much hinges on this may 31st match if roma's able to get champions league football uh maybe it they feel a little bit less obligated to only bring in free agents um maybe they feel like they can bring in a fratesi instead of a hosem awar for example um and awar probably would be great as well let's be clear but um, in terms of bringing him home, I would love to bring Fratesi home because he he does. As it'll be good for Roma to continue to build out its Italian contingent, especially with Nicola Zaniolo now gone to less green pasture. Yeah, for sure. So we'll definitely keep an eye on all those transfer rumors. I'm sure many of our summer pods and summer writing on the site will be dominated by it, especially uh, Fratesi's name as well. But. For now, we'll focus on the last two matches in the league. We'll focus on, of course, that Europa League final. Um, Fiorentina match on Saturday, so keep up with all the coverage for that match coming up. We'll be back before the final uh, to record at least a couple days ahead of time to preview that one before next Wednesday. So stick with the site, stick with the pod. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you again next week on Across the Roamverse.